The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, and Jamie. And just like that, football is underway. It has begun. And it just got called back on a holding penalty. Welcome to the show. It is Friday. Happy Friday, September 6th. Green Bay 10, Chicago 3. Chicago was six field goals shy of my expectation. But hey, guys, the national anthem was awesome. Yeah, that's that dude is a Chicago institution. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Wow. Crowd completely gets into it. Yeah, it was really cool. And the outfits were fun. I like the outfits. Jamie, what would you think of the wardrobe? Uh, they were fantastic. Uh, that was probably the best part of the game. Yeah, it, it was It was kind of downhill over there, although I can appreciate some good defense. Uh, we'll talk about that game. Dave and I did a bonus pod yesterday talking about Antonio Brown, but we never addressed his trade value, so we will get into that. And it's starter sit for seven NFC home games, not the Texans, Saints. We did that on yesterday's show. Uh, all right, so what was a major fantasy takeaway from yesterday's game, Jamie Eisenberg? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is not very good, and the Packers' defense is going to be great. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you went a little strong on both statements. I think it's too soon on either statement. I think it's pretty clear that Mitchell Trubisky had a bad game, but he did make some good throws. He's going to be up and down. We just, we just, I just asked Jamie, who's better between Mitchell Trubisky and Ryan Tannehill? And I, I'm. I think Trubisky is better. He's better not, than Tannehill. Come on. I think so, but the fact that I have to think about it for more than 15 seconds what makes What tells makes you, him better than Tannehill? I think he's equally mobile, and I think he can make more throws than Tannehill can. Oh, he's more mobile than Tannehill. Like, they're, I think they're equally mobile. Maybe he's more mobile now because Tannehill's been The fact up. that this is the conversation tells you where he's Exactly, doing. exactly. Well, I mean, I don't think that it, I don't know that it needs to be the conversation. Like, I, I, like it was a bad him. game. He had a bad game. Sure. So you can't he's compare him with Dak or anything like that. No, in the world of the NFL quarterback, where every quarterback seems to be amazing, he falls in the bottom eight, six. I'm not sure. Somewhere in that range. Traded up to take him over Mahomes and Watson. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, I'm not super excited about his fantasy prospects. It, because he, it was like five games he had last year. Six. Six, yeah. I mean, it was like one stretch of, of really good games with a lot of rushing totals, and he's going to have to run. But I think he's less interesting than the running backs in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously being a little too hard on, on him. Um, I do think the Packers' defense is going to be very good. They've added a lot of nice pieces, and as Aaron Rodgers said last night, usually they get them when they're too old. They got the guys in the prime in terms of Darius Smith. Preston Smith and Amos. Um, plus, they had a very good draft. So I, I think you know you look at what this defense has the chance to be. It's got a chance to be very good. And you just look at the uh, division with what the Vikings are going to be defensively, what the Bears are going to be defensively, 
what the Lions have the chance to be defensively and what the Packers have the chance to be defensively. It's really going to be the black and blue division. And so it's going to be tough, I think, for all these offenses when they play each other to have success barring injury down the road. Uh, so this was, I think, an indication of that the Packers can play on that side of the ball. The problem is, is that uh, Matt Nagy didn't help Trubisky in the way that he called the game and the personnel he put on the field. That's and that for sure. kind of lends itself, Adam, to what you're talking about in terms of the running backs. Okay, yeah. So, so Tariq Cohen got 70% of the snap. Let's start with the Bears running backs. He had zero carries. That did not happen once last year. They basically used Tariq Cohen as a wide receiver a, a lot. David Montgomery only played 38% of the snaps. He had six carries for 18 yards, one catch for 27 yards. Mike Davis, five catches for 19 yards, and or five carries for 19 yards, six catches for 17 yards. He played 56% of the snaps. Uh, so, yeah, what's your, what's your takeaway here? I have much to say, but I'll let you say it. So it's a stunner for sure to see Mike Davis have that important of a role. He was their two-minute drill back as well. So to end the first half, he was in there, not Cohen, not Montgomery. I, I wonder if one of the changes that the Bears will make going into week two, and it's terrible timing to do it, is to run the ball more and take pressure off Trubisky and not lean to. on him. They, they only ran the ball. Technically, they ran the ball 15 times. Three of them were Trubisky carries. One was Cordero on that third and one. That was terrible. Yeah, weird. Yeah. And the fact that Montgomery only had six carries and he led the team in carries, it's just, I think that that's where they, they make a change first. And I, I'm, I'm really upset about starting Montgomery. I'm sad that I took him in round four, but I'm not at the point even close where I'm, you You're know, sad that you took him round four after one game, after one Bill, because the numbers were bad, but I think after he's still, game. I know. Well, let me get to my point. I think there's optimism. I think there's reason to believe that he will get better. So you just have to be patient. Yeah, and I think he looked like the best rusher. I mean, well, he was the only only two guys carried the ball, not counting Patterson. Like it just felt to me like they were trying to justify Mike Davis. I didn't think he did anything special. Like if you're gonna throw the ball, throw it more to Cohen. And if you're gonna run the ball, run it ball more with Montgomery. And this happens with rookie running backs. It takes them some time. So I you know, he was eighty six percent started, David Montgomery. 86% started, whereas Cohen was 41% started, and Davis is only 10% owned. Um, Rodgers was 73% started. You want, you want the snap counts for the three I, guys? I gave, I gave the snap counts. Montgomery, okay. 38%. Mike Davis, 56%. Yeah, Cohen, 70 It's okay. It's worth repeating. But the fact that Montgomery was started in more leagues than Rodgers was interesting to me. Like, Kudos to kudos to fantasy owners for starting Rodgers in only 73% of leagues. Like, It takes a lot to draft Aaron Rodgers and not to start him. And I thought the uh, I thought the star percentage would be higher, but I think we all know even great quarterbacks can struggle in tough matchups, and he scored just 14 fantasy points. Um, so you know, so I bet the people who benched him started to panic when he had the touchdown in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, but it was it basically the the game was decided on one big play, right? The big play to to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, how do you like my trade now, Dave? No, still don't trade? like it. I traded Sterling Shepard for MVS and Pollard with, with uh, my Zeke League IDP. Uh, I don't like it. That's a great trade. So, uh, all right. Anyway, um, if, if you would you would you try to buy low on David Montgomery if you have a panicking yes. owner? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Check right. in with that guy. Would you sell high on Tariq Cohen? Because the thing is, if they weren't trailing in this game, he wouldn't have had such great numbers. He had eight catches for 49 yards, but so much of it came on the final drive. And he, again, no carries. I think that's an adjustment the Bears will make, and it kind of ties into what I said before. They're going to run the ball more, and Tariq will be involved in there. 
All right. And uh, any... who fumbled on the first carry? Was it, it was Tariq. It was yeah, Tariq. So they did give him a carry to start the game, but it was called back from Pelly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was That's true. The whole game. <laughs> right. It was a pitch that he dropped. Um, any panic on the Packers side? Aaron Jones, 13 carries, no. and Jamal Williams, 5. No. Yeah. Uh, we, I expected Jones to play poorly in this game. Uh, this was pretty ugly, but in the second half, he started to break through a little bit more. So he also maybe had it's just what, a slow start. What could have been his third injury in, in a row in Strip Chicago? He did, but I think it, he came out okay. I think it looked like he just got punched someplace he shouldn't get punched. Yeah. Or it was just like a hand injury. It could have been you any of that stuff. Counts for them or you want it on? I, uh, I, yeah, I have that. Uh, Jamal Williams, 41%. Aaron Jones, 59%. But. Mm-hmm. More importantly, Jones had 13 of the of the 18 carries between the two, and um, Jamal Williams was terrible. Five carries, no yards. So at one point he had the best carry until Jones got going he, at the end of the game. Did. They both yep. they both were bad. I mean, let's be honest, and not not surprising. Um, are you going to drop Geronimo Allison? Just depends on what happens through this weekend, but I would say he's yes. he's near the top of the list. Yes, uh, he's right good. behind Anthony Miller. I. Oh, fifty-one percent on Miller, seventy percent on Allison. Yeah, Allison. I guess you got to let him let him go if you want somebody off waivers. Miller is definitely going to be a consideration to cut. If um, they're using Tariq Cohen as a receiver, there's I no think way that, this offense can. I think that that amount of guys. I think without it, Trey Burton playing too, it speaks to Miller's health. I'm not yeah. sure how healthy he is. Right, we had the report that he was going to be sort of eased in at the start of the season, and Miller only played 22% of the snaps, whereas Gabriel played 92%. Right, right. and Gabriel was miserable, so <clears throat> there's there's a real chance here for Miller to step well, in. I mean, Gabriel was, was shadowed by Alexander. He lined up on Alexander most of the night. And uh, finally, Jimmy Graham, not a bad game for him. Three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. He had six targets, and yeah, he had that little jump ball touchdown. He's... I dropped him. I dropped him on Wednesday night. Go me. Uh, it was more like a hot ball touchdown, not a jump ball touchdown. <laughs> it's true. He's not quite as explosive as he used to be, but when the run game can't get going, tight ends like that can start to get some work. I don't think this is indicative of what you'll get from Jimmy Graham each week. Yeah. All right, we got to get to Antonio Brown. So let me promote a few things first. Uh, we have a Monday show, a new show, a seventh episode. It's going to be like kind of midday on Monday. Hopefully, yeah, I think it'll be in time for your afternoon commute. So we do a Sunday night show to recap the games. Then Monday, it's going to be completely different stuff. We're getting Dr. David Chow on to talk about injuries. He's a big guy in the fantasy football community. He's a former team doctor, and he knows his stuff, and it's really interesting. gives good insight. Will pro Brin- football talk on Twitter. That, and most people know him by that. Yeah. Pro uh, football doc. Pro football doc. doc. <laughs> He's not quite pro football talk, but he is pro football doc. Uh, Will Brinson is going to come on to rant and rave about fantasy, and Chris Towers is going to come on to give us some advanced stats that we don't ordinarily get to talk about. I think it'll be a quicker show, about a half hour, and should be fun on Monday evening. Um, Eye on Fantasy Football is our radio show. That's on Saturday night, and it's 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight on CBS Sports Radio on Sirius XM Channel 206, cbssportsradio.com. You call us up. We take your calls. It's me and Jamie this week. It's really, really maybe, fun. Maybe. No, you're not coming on? Well, Dave's got to take the equipment home, so we got to figure something out. Oh, all right. Well, I can do it by myself again. I had a, I had a good time. It was easy. Uh, Eye on Fantasy Football is Saturday night. CBS Sports HQ is Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. Well, Fantasy Football today on HQ. Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, and then three hours of pregame coverage before kickoff on Sundays. So make sure you check that out. Give some DFS advice as well. 
And we have our mailbag, our Saturday mailbag. I won't be reading emails on today's show, but I will on the mailbag that we'll, we'll record later today with Ben Gretsch and air tomorrow. We're going to read your iTunes comments and your emails and maybe some tweets as well. And we do, once again, I you know, this is probably the last show we'll have this many ads, but we do have a lot of uh, sponsors on today's show. So let's take a break and hear from one of them right now. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let's get to some big news here. So Julio Jones, probably going to play, right? Yeah, you just got to keep an eye on it, I would say. All right. Because he, he had this weird press conference where he he sounded like he wasn't sure if he was going to play. Then he said he would. It was just a little strange. If I were him, I wouldn't play. Because well, of let's your not contract? say that too loud. Huh? Because of your contract? Yeah, they keep saying they're going to extend him, extend him, extend him, and it hasn't happened yet, so... Force their hand. Julio, if you're listening, don't listen to Jamie. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Antonio Brown, not expected to play this week. So we talked about it yesterday. Tyrell Williams is still only 67% owned. Darren Waller, 52% owned. Hunter Renfro, 8% owned. Like you got to pick up Tyrell Williams. One thing we didn't really talk about, I, I waited too long. Let's start this. Uh, let's start with this. Okay, where are you going to rank Tyrell Williams now with, with Brown likely out? Uh, right where he's ranked because um, we took – Round of our rankings. Um, he's a flex. Yeah, where yeah, is he ranked he's, now? He's, he's a number three receiver, like right around 35. Yeah, I'm a little lower than that. Uh, I had him ranked ahead of MVS going into the game last night. I think he could do at least what MVS did. And where's Darren Waller ranked? Number one. No, I'm just kidding. It's not number one. Uh, <laughs> top 12. He's number one in my heart. Well, okay. number two, Philip Rivers is number one. Top 10 for me. Um, MVS is, is, uh, four for 52 last night. So, okay. And then, um, yeah, what, what's the trade? Like what, what kind of offers would you be taking? Somebody said, would you, would you trade Amari Cooper for Antonio Brown? And I was like, I don't think I could do that. I don't no think I way. Do that. No I saw somebody that I thought was, was a fair one. Christian Kirk for Antonio Brown like that. I'd, I'd make that offer right now. Oh yeah. You'd I'd make that, that offer to get Antonio Brown on your yeah, team. I not know it. Exactly. Like I, somebody asked me about uh, one of our producers here said, what about Curtis Samuel for Antonio Brown? I said, no, I'd rather have Samuel just not knowing what's going to happen. Um, but, I mean, that's the level of receiver you're talking about. Number three receiver that is uh, not a starter on your roster just to see if that owner is panicked and will make a move. I can't imagine I can't imagine accepting any trade for Antonio Brown in any of the leagues I have him in because I don't think anybody's going to pay me anything for him. There's, his his future is totally uncertain. Well, okay, Dave. So what if I offered you Curtis Samuel for your Antonio Brown? It would depend on the makeup of my, my team and how badly I needed a starting receiver this week. I would probably turn it down. So turn it down. Okay. So just real quick, I got to mention, uh, I know the connection's not great. Remember, Dave and Jamie are not in 
their normal studio because of the hurricane. They're going back to Florida today, but um, we're having a little bit of connections, connectivity issues. Uh, I, I think if you're going to trade for Antonio Brown, you probably want to ask yourself, this guy I'm giving up for Brown, if he tears his ACL and is out for the year, does that affect my team or can I live with it? You know, if you can, if you can live with a guy who, if you can get rid of a guy that you just don't need and get Antonio a Brown, that's I mean, beautiful. The, it doesn't have to be ACL, just a non-starter. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, you, you could be taking a zero with Antonio Brown. It's possible. Sure. I mean, it's the same thing. We should probably be having the same thing about what you're trying to trade for Melvin Gordon right now. It's not the same level, obviously, but or same circumstances. But look, uh, as of as of right now, what time we're recording it, it could be a one game suspension, and he's 15 games for the for sure. the Raiders. It could be they cut him, and no team touches him, and he never plays again. I mean, the, the, that's the spectrum. So, actually, who would you rather have, Melvin Gordon or Antonio Brown? Brown. I'd rather have Brown. Brown. Okay. Well, there you go. Fun stats that we're going to be discussing today. Bengals, Seahawks, Cincinnati allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks in 2018, you Russell Wilson owners. A tight end caught a touchdown against Cincinnati with five or fewer targets 10 times last season. That's amazing. 10, 10 times a tight end caught a touchdown with five or fewer targets against the Bengals. Uh, thanks to, I think, ESPN for this one. Detroit allowed 57 fewer rushing yards per game with Damon Harrison than without him. 57 per game. Looking at the game log, though, I think a lot of that was the teams they played. Like, the good running backs that faced Detroit, we're still, we're still fine. Um, they'll face David Johnson this week. How about this one uh, against the Vikings? Only two quarterbacks scored more than 17 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Both of those quarterbacks did it without Everson Griffin on the field for the Vikes. So that's Matt Ryan's pretty low in the rankings. And there are more. We'll get to them. There are more. Head and Shoulders, FanDuel, Zip Recruiter, NFL Game Pass. Those are your sponsors. For NFL Game Pass, you go to nfl.com slash today. You'll hear about all these, these sponsors in today's show, including our Head and Shoulders segment for today. All right, offense versus defense. We got Matt Ryan and that amazing offense. Matt Ryan, one of the best fantasy quarterbacks two of the last three seasons, but he's at Minnesota. And yeah, they're, like I just said, they're so good against quarterbacks when Everson Griffin is on the field. Jimmy Garoppolo is at Tampa Bay. They are so bad against quarterbacks when another quarterback is on the field. So who would you start in our head and shoulder segment, Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy G. None but a G thing. Really? He's got the better matchup. Matt Ryan's got a bad track record against Mike Zimmer, and the Vikings have schemed him away. And it's not just Everson Griffin that stirs the drink for that defense. Uh, you got Hunter on that D-line. You've got great linebackers. You've got great safeties. I think the Vikings match up very well against Atlanta. And as, as nice as it is that the Falcons improved their offensive line this offseason, this is a very rough first game for those young players. Uh, right guard, right tackle against Minnesota. I, I think Atlanta's in trouble in this one. And Matt Ryan, no thank you. I would I would stay away from him. All the quarterbacks that we've talked about this week, Breeze, Rivers, Lamar Jackson, all ahead of him. And Jimmy Garoppolo is ahead of him too. Yeah, well said. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's your head and shoulders segment. Nice and easy. Matt Ryan versus Garoppolo. Let's go with Jimmy Garoppolo at Tampa Bay. And obviously, Jameis Winston as well. Winston is a top five quarterback for two of our three rankers. 
Head and shoulders, great offense for your hair. Or Dave, is it defense for a flake-free scalp? It's defense, Adam. You know it's defense. <laughs> Go visit headandshoulders.com slash NFL for more. And I'll tell you personally, I can tell you that uh, Jamie is making me go into the office, into the studio today to do CBS Sports HQ. So that means I had to shower and shave, and I used head and shoulders uh, to, sh- to shampoo my hair. And it was a wonderful experience. And, so, and do you have flakes? No, I hell no, I don't have flakes. Defense wins again. There you go. And Jamie, thanks for making me shower. Okay, my wife thanks you. It's time uh, for some news and notes. Beat the waiver wire, the startle meter, and the games, and a bonanza. We're coming right back after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, it's week one. Not a lot of news and notes, thankfully. But uh, Okay, what's this Odell Beckham thing? (laughs) He's like, can't run full speed? What is going on here? Yeah, that's that wasn't good to hear, but I don't know if that necessarily. I, I don't know. I guess I should believe it, but it's kind of hard to believe that he can't like open up and and sprint. I guess maybe what it is is I just can't believe that he said it. Like if if you really have a problem sprinting, why would you why would you say something? This is uh you know for a guy that's missed sixteen games over two seasons, not encouraging. No, that, is there. Is he going to push himself to be out there for the opener because he's excited to be a member of the Browns and he's not 100% and then he has setback? Or is this just him oh. you know, creating a little bit more drama? Is this him making excuses for why he won't be good in this game slash this season? No, I hope not. Is this a Doug Baldwin? I'm at 85% just letting you know that Ooh. nothing is. I'm not right. Beckham's going to retire after this season. I don't know if it's going to go that far, but is he letting us know that he's not okay? Is Maybe. that what this is? Letting us know he's not okay. Ooh. Well, he's also... It's hitting me right also, now. He's also a bit dramatic. So that's... Yeah, like, Jamie I, I brought that up, to too. I mean, look, if he plays, you're starting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if he doesn't play well, you're probably not going to be too thrilled to have him on your team. Todd Gurley won't be on a snap count. I, I mean, I, ha- I have to have him in my in my DFS lineups. Like you do on FanDuel, Todd Gurley is usually the, you know, the most expensive running back this week. It's, he's not even close. So it's a great option. Yeah. I mean, there's a, what's the price. It's like 7,500 or something like that. That's actually lower than DraftKings, which I guess is par for the course, right? Because FanDuel, you know, their prices are usually lower. Is that right? No, FanDuel is usually higher. FanDuel is higher. That's surprising. Uh, let, me, let me check the price on Fan. He's 79 on DK. 70, he is 7,600. And like, and Christian McCaffrey is 8,900. I think Saquon Barkley is like 92, 93, something like that. So I just think such an opportunity to get a guy that usually is so expensive, Todd Gurley. Uh, Stefan Diggs practice, so that's good. Jordan Reed participated in practice, but he remains in the concussion protocol. So we don't know about him. Adrian Peterson could be a healthy scratch. So we're going to do Darius Geis in a moment. Um, but Geis is going to get a lot of work, it seems. Alshon Jeffries on the injury report. Do we expect him to play? I would say yes, but you never know with him. 
Dante Pettis practiced in full. Marquise Lee practiced in full. Do you have any interest in picking up Marquise Lee? He's about 50% owned. Nah, rather have the Raiders, guys. Deep leagues, absolutely. Um, is there anyone else who might miss week one? That's important. Yeah, important. Um, I don't believe so. Andrew Luck? <laughs> He's questionable. Okay, then let's do a quick round of Beat the Waiver Wire. This is where we take a look ahead to what we expect the Waiver Wire to be on Tuesday. Guys, you can pick up now with a good Week 2 matchup. You don't have to wait. It's, you know, look, there's no buys. We don't know who's good yet. So it wasn't the easiest list to compile. But I got two quarterbacks, guys. Josh Allen at the Giants and Jimmy Garoppolo at Cincinnati. Who do you, who do you like better? Garoppolo uh, this week. I want to see how it comes out after this week. Uh, but if I had to pick up one right now, I would probably lean toward Garoppolo. Yeah. Okay. And you do have to pick one now. It's beat the waiver wire. Uh, Baltimore wide receivers up against Arizona. San Francisco wide receivers. So if Pettis is available or Goodwin is certainly available. There Goodwin's been my favorite guy. I've been saying it all week. Yeah, he's yep. in my FanDuel lineup. He'll be good. Marquise Brown is interesting. I'd rather have Goodwin than Brown, but I think Brown could make a big splash. It's going to be Dolphins. really, really interesting to see how the Ravens receivers perform because mm-hmm. it, it it's it, the hope is that it's one if not both of the two rookies the surprise will not will be if it's willie sneed and chris moore and i don't like i understand if you don't want to start tyrell williams against the broncos but they get the chiefs next week and if antonio brown's still not there like tyrell williams needs to be added so just go, sure go at i mean him. he should be added Regardless. I know. I, I don't get it. 67. And in deep leagues, sure. Hunter, I picked up Hunter Renfro in a couple leagues last night. I was excited about it. May I give a deep league stash at receiver? Oh, please. Damian Willis with the Bengals. Uh, Michael Gallup is at Washington next week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know about that one. But ten, if you need a DST, the Titans get the Colts. We'll see about that. But the Patriots are at the Dolphins. That's probably a pretty good one. All right, guys. It's, uh, I've gotten a little. You think the Patriots are available? I don't know, actually. I, I don't know. Are they? Uh, they're not, no. Really? I'm pretty sure they were drafted. What the hell? Week. Why? They, they're not that good, and they open with the Steelers. They also get the Dolphins and two young quarterbacks six times. They're 73% owned. So After the Steelers this week, they've got Miami, the Jets, the Bills, the Redskins, the Giants, <laughs> the Jets. Wow. That's why. Yeah, you I will, get it. You will take your lumps this week with them, yeah. and then after you will reap the rewards. Uh, maybe the Jets will be tough for yeah, them. but could be. But the that's Dolphins about it. This week, that's terrific. All right, start-o-meter. Ezekiel Elliott against the Giants. He's a 10 on the start-o-meter. Um, eight and a half. Okay. Like, where is he top 10 guy for you? He is. He's top three for me. Yeah, oh. top 10. They're going to limit his work, so you got to be a little bit cautious. Okay, how about Russell Wilson against Cincinnati? Um, Seven and a half. Yeah, it's a good range. Carson Wentz against Washington. Eight and a half. Um, Eight. Why so optimistic about Wentz? I feel like this isn't a great matchup. Not not sure about that, but not, not sure how good of a matchup it is. Let's say that. I think it's a very good matchup for him. I think that he... I think the Eagles blow him out. And... Last year when they blew out Washington twice, Wentz had a great game. Nick Foles had a pretty good game. Not a great game for Foles, but that doesn't really matter. He's not the quarterback there anymore. I think that you're going to see Wentz take control of this offense. Okay. How about Darius Geis? So, for me, it depends on what's up with AP. 
if Adrian Peterson is active and they give him a semblance of a role, I'm probably going to put Geis at like six. But I'll bump him up to seven if there's no AP. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see how he's going to perform, but the matchup is not good because game flow should not be in his favor. And so uh, I still will keep him like a five. Um, he's a flex at best, but if you can get avoid him this week, I would still do it. Peterson or no Peterson. Yeah, and the Eagles... So, so the Eagles and the Broncos are two teams that took a big step back and run defense last year. And they're two teams that I really think could rebound and get back to 2017 form. The Eagles uh, gave up 4.5 yards per carry to running backs last year. But in 2017, 3.56 yards per carry, second best team against running backs. And like, they still have Fletcher Cox. Like, I feel like they have a, a good defensive line, could be really good against the run. Um, so... You know, not but but yeah, guys got more interesting with the news that Peterson could be a healthy scratch. Um, okay, Alshon Jeffrey, zero five. Miles Sanders, two four. Wait a second, a zero on Alshon Jeffrey? How come? I'm just not confident, and he's going to play very much now. That he's hurt. Perhaps he catches a touchdown. <laughs> okay, uh, Sterling Shepard, four. Um. Six. Marvin Jones. Six. Seven. Would you start Jones over Sterling Shepard? Yes. Yep. Any any Arizona wide receiver? Nope. Uh, I'll put Kirk at six. Really? That's pretty Yeah, he's going to get slay for, so no. I don't know if he's going to get slay every play. I say no way. Uh, no cornerback gets every receiver every play, so. There's uh, no way. You, he, he's not going to shat. Like, you think that he's going to like shadow him or come close to it? The I, only I way he shadows so. him is if Kirk gets off they, to a good start. Based on where they will probably line up, he's going to see a lot of slay. David Johnson. That's not true. They line everybody up everywhere. David Johnson, 0 to 10. It's like a 7. Um, yeah, 7. Okay. Let's spice things up a little bit, guys. Ooh. All right, here we go. Week one, who's it going to be? Which game is going to give us big fantasy production? I'm down to two. I still haven't decided. I have like five seconds to make this call. I'm going with the Saints and the Texans on Monday. There it is. There's your week one bonanza. All right. So what are you doing in regards to your survival pool? Yeah, I don't know. I think... I think if I pick teams, I can't pick them again for four weeks. Four weeks? Yeah, four weeks. So both teams? Both teams. They are out for the next four weeks. That's going to be tough. That's going to be very tough. That real, that's really tough. And I'm doing 17 bonanzas, so what do you think, like 11? Here's what six? I think it should be. I think if you're right on the bonanza, you can pick the team again. <laughs> okay. And if you're wrong on the okay. bonanza, you're not allowed to pick those teams. I like that weeks. better. It's like a coach's challenge? No, no, no. Four weeks. Uh I, uh, you, you, you said you're going to challenge yourself this year, so four weeks. That's. Yeah. I'm going to be wrong a lot. All right. So what what record should I <laughs> what record should I strive for? I think I think eleven and six would be a good bonanza record. Fine. Okay. Eleven you and would, six can't use a team again for four weeks. So Saints until week Texans five, the Texans and Saints are out. Damn it. That's going to be tough. Let's okay. See what, what 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 games you might be missing with those teams? No, it's uh, all right. I mean, it's all right. We got to get to the games. We got to get to the games. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Falcons at Vikings. Uh, there are a lot of stats here, but here, how about this one? The Falcons, three years in a row, 
They've been really bad against pass-catching running backs. They have given up the most, the ninth most, and the second most receiving yards to opposing running backs. Dalvin Cook should have a pretty good game and hopefully you know, adds on with some passing work there. Um, all right, so Matt Ryan is 18th for Dave and Jamie, 20th for Heath. Get away from him. Would you start Kirk Cousins over Matt Ryan? I would. No. All right. So Believe it, baby. Either, His mediocre, milk-toast <laughs> game is going to be better than what Matt Ryan gives you. Well, you'd start Garoppolo over Cousins, right? I'd start Garoppolo over every quarterback in the Vikings. <laughs> Everyone, huh? Wow. Kyle Slaughter, Matt Schaub. <laughs> Mike Zimmer gets a helmet on and goes under center. All right. So, Devon, speaking of run defenses that weren't as Ooh, good wow, as they were. Oh, wow, you took yourself out of a Saints-Cowboys primetime game. Mm, damn it. Only if it's a bad bonanza. Nope. No, it's no, bad. four weeks, babe. Four games. Four weeks. Wow. Okay, 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 okay. I'm Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon. Okay, 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 okay. Devontae Freeman. So, this was a fun little statistic here. I looked at every running back in Minnesota over the last two seasons. Every basically every team. And here were the here were the rushing yards for the leading rusher for every team at Minnesota last two years. 18. Yeah, it's amazing. 18, 15, 94 for Amir Abdullah, of course. 41, 30, 37, 30, 13, 43. So in 2017, in nine games, only one team had a running back with more than 43 rushing yards at Minnesota. Things changed last year, though. In fact, the last three teams in 2018 to go to Minnesota had a running back with 72 or more rushing yards, and they lost Sheldon Richardson. So it's a terrible matchup for Matt Ryan. What about for Devontae Freeman? Uh, Not great. I think he's a low-end starter. I put him in the same range as I would have going into last night, like Aaron Jones and Damian Williams, those guys that you're going to start, but you probably would rather have other options because we're not going to be very good. I guess I'm a little more optimistic because I think he can make plays out of the backfield on top of getting you those alluring 30 yards on the ground that you're, that you're describing to us. No, I mean, it could be better. Their, their run defense was not great last year and they lost the run stuffer. So, you know, it could be better. Would you start... Would you start Devontae Freeman or Kenyon Drake? Freeman. Freeman. Eckler or Freeman? Eckler. Freeman in non. Pretty sure I have Freeman ahead in PPR too. Philip Lindsay or Devontae Freeman? Lindsay. Freeman. Okay. All right. So a little bit of a difference there. How about Julio Jones? I mean, look, it's I'm not going to go with Julio Jones <laughs> in DFS, but because, uh, you know, Xavier Rhodes does an amazing job, but you obviously you're starting him. What about Calvin Ridley or Sanu or, you know? I think Ridley's a high-end third receiver, but you're probably going to start him more often than not. Agreed. And Sanu is a desperation PPR flex. All right, so assuming Antonio Brown is out, would you start Tyrell Williams or Calvin Ridley? Ridley. Uh, if Julio Jones is out? I'm sorry, did no, I say Julio Jones? No, if Antonio Jones, Brown is out. Brown. If Brown is out, I'd still start Ridley. Ridley. If Julio is out, is that good or bad for Ridley? Uh, probably about the same for him. I think it's worse for him. Xavier Rhodes they, is amazing. Yeah, but and Trey Waynes isn't bad either. Okay, and they allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So I know you're excited about these guys, uh, about Ridley in particular. You might want to get away from him. Um, Austin Hooper. What do you think? I would try and not start him. Agree. Okay. Waller. 
Wait, where's my Hooper drop? Where's my Hooper drop? I have a Hooper you drop. You dropped it. Uh, the podcast comes to a screeching hey, halt because you can't find your Hooper drop. <laughs> I got it. Stop playing with yourself, Hooper. Okay. Uh, how about Kirk Cousins we don't love? Dalvin Cook we love, right? He is. He's my best friend okay. for this week. Nah, he's a must start. Would you, just in fit, just for fun, Cook or Zeke? You can uh, make the case for Cook. Yeah, I play Cook. Are you in any league, any format, starting Alexander Madison? No. No. All right. And then how do you feel about Diggs and Thielen? Like uh, Diggs. I like uh, better. I, yeah, I, I like Diggs better. I think they're both going to be fine. You're going to start both. Okay. But like, okay, just, just to throw this out there, Atlanta was absolutely terrible against quarterbacks last year. Different team. Yeah, how different? I mean, every good quarterback uh, yeah, that they faced had a good different. game. Except the whole one. middle of their defense was gone. That's great, but the outside of the defense is still there. And are they going to be able to lay hands on Kirk Cousins enough to make him jittery? Well, how about Kirk Cousins performing against a team that's actually good? Because he tends to fold in those games. Yeah, I don't know if Atlanta is going to be that good. I think Cousins can find two touchdowns and... 225 yards, and Diggs and Thielen can probably reap the benefits of most of that. It'll probably be one of them getting close to 80 yards and the other one probably getting close to 80 yards in the touchdown. Okay, but it was really more about Cousins. Like, no no excitement for him. No. It's week one, dude. Everybody's yeah. got a quarterback. I'm starting him. In You're a two, starting Kirk Cousins? In a two-quarterback league. I'm starting him over Stafford, though, and I don't think that's the easiest decision. But, yeah. I'd go Stafford. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's hard to ignore how bad quarterbacks were against Arizona because they just ran the ball all the time against Arizona. So I am going to go Cousins, but I could see that that is a toss-up. Um, and uh, if you had to pick a tight end in this game, who would it be? Uh, I would go with Hooper. I guess it's Hooper. Hey, Hooper! All right, and the Minnesota DST, you can start them, but they're not great. 12th for Jamie, 13th for Dave, 8th for Heath. By the way, what's the spread in this game? Four. For the Vikings? Yeah. Vikings minus four. It's a big game. It's a fun game. I think I'd go Falcons there. I think you'd be wrong. Okay. Well, I don't know that they're going to win. I think they'll cover. Would you like to make a wager? No. Would you, let, Let's wager a milkshake. You know what I'd like to do, Dave? Go on to the next game. Take a break and then go on to the next game. Rams at Panthers. We'll be right back. Oh. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rams at Panthers. I yeah, actually, I don't feel like I have a great grip on this game and how it's gonna go. I don't know if it's gonna be high scoring or more like a forty low forties with the points or something like that. Like it should be high scoring, right? But what do you think? What do you think about Rams Panthers? I I like a bunch of players in this game. Ultimately, I think Carolina can win. I like that they're at home. I think their defense is actually a little underrated. And uh, really curious to see how that Rams offensive line holds up. And obviously curious to see Todd Gurley 
how much work he gets, how he looks, how effective he is, et cetera, et cetera. How explosive is he? All these questions will be answered in Charlotte this Sunday. Jared Goff or Cam Newton? I'm going Cam. Yeah, Cam. Jared Goff or Russell Wilson? Goff. I believe I have Goff ranked higher. Okay. And I would take whoever's cheaper in DFS. Everybody's got Goff right around 10th. 11th, 10th, 12th for yep. Jamie Dave Heath. I have Goff 10, Russ 11. Yeah, I wish I wish I felt like this is going to be a huge game for Goff, but just kind of like a good game, right? Well, it could be huge. And I think, again, it comes down to Gurley. If Gurley isn't himself or if the Rams don't let him be himself, then it's going to fall on Goff to move the chains. Yeah, I, I've made the argument that Goff needs Gurley, that like good Gurley is good for Goff. But, of course. But I made that argument. Yeah, but but I actually made that argument because he's so good in the passing game, but I don't know what Gurley's passing game role will be this year with Daryl Henderson around now. It could be expanded. Because if they're if they're seriously concerned about Gurley taking a beating, then then spreading him out and using him more as a receiver is a way to keep his body just a little bit fresher. Because now he's working on the outside edges and down the sideline instead of the middle of the field and between the tackles. And that it's easy dispersal of the football uh, to just throw to screens and dump offs and stuff like that to your running backs. Mm-hmm. And that is obviously good for Goff. All right, so we're starting the quarterbacks in this game. Goff is around 11th, and Cam is 7th for Jamie, 4th for Dave, 3rd for Heath. So we love Cam this week. Uh, all right, we're starting the running backs as well. Now... What do you do with the Rams wide receivers? Well, I think you're going to start I think you're going to start all 3 of them and it doesn't really matter what the rankings say because they're all pretty outstanding and they all have potential every week to be great. I've got Cooks as a top 12 guy against Carolina. I like Cook Cooper Cup next best. I like the matchup for him in the slot. I think he's somebody that would benefit if the Rams decide to not run a ton. And you know that he's the red zone buddy for Jared Goff. Seems like he's healthy. Seems like he's back to normal. So I'm willing to trust Cup, Cup as a top 20 fantasy receiver this week in PPR. You're starting all three of them. I, I would still put Woods ahead of Cup just to see how he looks. But I think Woods is also going to have a, 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 probably more targets in the game. It's just a matter of will he score. So Cooks is still the big play threat. Woods will probably lead them in targets. Cup will probably saw, fall somewhere uh, third in line. But they're all top 24 receivers. I'll just go say with. 6 for 75 for Robert Woods every week. Maybe even more catches than that. And uh, would you start Cooper Cup or Devontae Freeman? Cup. Cup. All right, what about the Carolina wide receivers? Any interest in them? I like Curtis Samuel. I, I, I like whoever I think can match up the most against Marcus Peters, who's good, but he allows lots of numbers, and I think Samuel's speed and route running can help him get open against L.A. It's not going to be easy for either one of these guys. I've got Samuel as a very low end, like the lowest of low end number two fantasy receivers, and uh, DJ Moore is a flex PPR flex. Yes, yeah, I I put them both in the flex range, but uh, I still take DJ Moore over Samuel. Would you take them over Devontae Freeman? I'll keep going back to him. In PPR, yes. Uh, it's close in PPR. Non PPR, there's no way. A lot of talent on this Rams defense, but they did not play all that well last year. Really, there were seven teams that had multiple wide receivers who had good or great games against the Rams. Like that's that's a ton. That's the most I've found. I I don't know that's the most in fantasy, but you know, I've tried to look at te- at like, 
hey, how many times did this defense give up good games to multiple wide receivers? It happened seven times. Minnesota, Seattle, Denver, Green Bay, New Orleans, Kansas City, Dallas. Seven times against the uh, against uh, the Rams. That's really a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, when you, dr- you drafted more in Samuel, I almost feel like you want to wait and see, right? We didn't draft them necessarily based on last year. They didn't put up big numbers. We drafted them based on potential. So it's not. I'm not super excited to start them. But that did give me a little bit more faith. Just they, they were not good against wide receivers last year. No, and they're, they are high-floor PPR receivers because I think they can each cast, catch anywhere from four to eight balls a week and average anywhere from 10 to 15 yards per catch. Okay, final question here in this game. Are you considering a tight end in this game? I mean, the Panthers were a joke last year against tight ends. Guys like Hooper, Uzama, Eifert, Vernon Davis, Dallas Goddard, Vance McDonald, and Jesse James caught touchdowns. Like, they were so bad. And then Greg Olson, uh, you know, Greg Olson. Uh, Not really. Uh, I consider Olson, but, you know, the strangest contract I've seen in a while was the Tyler Higbee extension. Yeah, so uh, I didn't I didn't understand that. Is he a sleeper? You don't value a blocker? Okay, he's not a sleeper. San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Stat of the game. Wide receivers against Tampa Bay. Six teams. That I said seven for uh, the Rams. Six teams had multiple wide receivers have good games against Tampa Bay. New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Atlanta, Cincinnati, and then once again Atlanta. So it's five teams, but six times. Uh how much confidence do you have in Pettis or Goodwin this week? I don't mind Pettis as a flex. I think that he's the most startable receiver for the 49ers. I like the matchup in the slot against Tampa Bay. Uh, MJ Stewart, I think, is going to end up being their slot corner, and I don't think he's very good. I think that's a matchup they can exploit. The thing is is that they could exploit it with any of their receivers. The, the beauty of what Kyle Shanahan's got is that any of his guys can line up anywhere on the field, but... It's Pettis who lined up in the slot the most this preseason. Pettis is the one who lined up in the slot the most last season, at least compared to Goodwin and Debo Samuel wasn't on the team and we're not really considering the other guys that they have. So those those are the reasons why I'm a little optimistic about Pettis in week one. I take Goodwin. I just think he's got the better rapport with Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo will lean on him a little bit more. Um, I want to see something from Pettis first before I trust him because right now it just he looks lost. Yeah, ultimately, I went with Goodwin in DFS because he's cheaper. Same. Yep, same here. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a case to be made for both of them. I think, Jamie, you look at the, the Niners in this game. They, they should score points, but it's so hard to know, other than Kittle, where it's going to come from. So what's your take on, you know, what to expect of the running backs? Like You just said you prefer Goodwin, but I guess going to the running backs now, Coleman versus Brita. I still prefer Coleman. If you look at the snap count for what happened when Garoppolo was on the field, it was still in Coleman's favor, so I don't buy into the unofficial depth chart that Bree does the starter. He may get the first carry. I don't think it's going to be a messy situation like what we saw with the Bears last night where they have both guys on the field to start the game and then it's um, you, you know, not the guy you're expecting to see. I, I expect it to be both guys playing, both guys having the chance to be successful. I call Coleman a number two running back, Brita high in flex, and I think uh, you, you could get good production out of both guys in this matchup. It was easy for me to, to recommend Tevin Coleman over guys who had bad matchups, but you know, how, but how high do you have him ranked? I guess would you start him over? Would you start him over Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman? No. Yes, I would not. 
But I, I have both as number two running backs. Coleman's a low-end number two for me. Yeah, I have him back-to-back. I have Coleman at 20, Freeman at 21. How about Duke Johnson or Tevin Coleman? I'll go with Duke. Uh, I would take Duke in PPR. How about Matt Breida or Tyrell Williams? Breida. Breida. How about... Uh, maybe Tyrell in PPR. All right, you know Garoppolo is okay to start if you don't like Matt Ryan, um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> Jameis, we love <laughs> this week. And um, all right, what, are you going to gamble at all? I'm certainly not. I have uh, have a lot of Ronald Jones, but I'm not throwing any any Tampa Bay running back out there. Should we just wait and see? Wait and see. And Dario Gumbawale is a nice beat the waiver wire guy. We should have mentioned him. San Francisco allowed 4.1 yards per carry to running backs last year. They held Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, David Johnson twice, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, and Chris Carson one set of two games to fewer than 70 rushing yards. So I don't know. If, I thought it was a good matchup, but maybe it is not. And uh, no hesitation at all with, with obviously with Evans, but with Godwin, must start? Must start. Okay. Do, oh, yeah. Do you care about this in DFS? I know you're going to start him in seasonal, but O.J. Howard, the Niners allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Um, they did not allow more than 46 yards to a tight end in any of their last nine games and only one touchdown in that stretch, but... I think a lot of that was the competition they played. So, you know, what do you think about Howard? I think he's not worth the squeeze. He's the fourth most expensive tight end on DraftKings. Evan Ingram is cheaper. Hunter Henry is cheaper. Darren Waller, much, much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> look, if you're going to spend 5000 on O.J. Howard, maybe you pony up an extra 1100 to go to Ertz, or you dial down 200 to get Evan Ingram. I actually liked Hunter Henry because the Colts are just so bad against tight ends. But Ingram, he's eleven hundred less than yeah. OJ Howard. Ingram, good history against the Cowboys. Two good games last year against the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, Detroit at Arizona. Henry's going to be very popular. I, I, this is an interesting game to me. Detroit at Arizona. I really interesting. I would say, and tell me if you agree. The only player that I feel like is definitely going to have a good game is on Johnson. Oh, I think Galladay does. I, I knew you were going to say that, and I hope you're right. If Patrick Peterson were playing, it'd be different. But I just can't get over the fact that like teams did not throw, did not pass the ball on Arizona last year. They didn't have to. And um, and, and I, do, I just have this fear that Marvin Jones is going to be it's going to be too good and it's going to hold Galladay back. But I don't know. That's, what's your take on, on Detroit? I, I think you're right. I think carry on Johnson and listen, as much as I want to buy into carry on Johnson being a slam dunk running back and everybody's going to start him, the lions could fool around and put CJ Anderson in there in short yardage goal line situations and take points away from carry on. You're still going to start him, Like I said, and I think you're still going to start Galladay. And I think Marvin Jones isn't bad either. It's, it's a little risky, but not the matchups. Great. If Arizona's offense holds up its end of the bargain, then all three of those guys are going to be outstanding, and so will Matthew Stafford. And if Arizona's offense stinks, you know their defense stinks, it's going to be more of on Johnson and, and less uh, fewer targets for the other receivers. It's going to be a little bit harder for them. So really it comes down to the Cardinals. And I want to make it clear. I mean, I, I'm starting Galladay across the board. There's no question. Jamie's got him 12th. Heath has him 13th in non-PPR. Dave's got him uh, 17th in non-PPR, 20th in, in PPR. So Galladay is a start. Marvin Jones is a number three wide receiver. A really good opportunity here against a team that is just bad on defense for sure. Um, and then, st- well, which quarterback do you like better in this game? Because 
kind of underrated. Like the the Lions had the Lions were terrible against the pass last year. Just terrible. They didn't see they saw the third fewest pass attempts per game, but on a per attempt basis, awful. So Kyler Murray or Matthew Stafford? I have Murray ranked higher. Uh, I'll take Stafford. Okay. Five quarterbacks scored 20 or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues with fewer than 30 pass attempts against the Lions last year. And they should have a better defense, but I don't know about their secondary. Um, is it bad that I'm that I'm nervous about David Johnson? No, I'm a little nervous too. I think most people are nervous just given what the preseason showed us, but... but there but, were still people taking him in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it, it's this is... Uh, this this is the the discovery mode now, you know, to see if okay, it's not necessarily the play calling because we know the play calling is going to be different from what we saw in the preseason. Is it the offensive line going to be the same that we saw in the preseason? And that's the concern because you know, I, I'm full agreement with what Cliff Kingsbury and and the Cars were saying. This is not what we're going to look like, but it's X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's. They're not all of a sudden going to morph into the Cowboys offensive line just because the plays are different. So they may play up tempo. They may be able to, you know, do some things that are a little bit creative. Will they be able to hold up against Trey flowers and snacks and, and Mike Daniels, Mike Daniels. Yeah. And you right. know, it's, it's a tough group up front. And if they can do that, then David Johnson will be fine. And if they get him the ball in space, he'll be fine. And, you know, I, I, I said this on one of our programs uh, earlier this week. We were saying that the Lions defense was going to slaughter a rookie quarterback last year in their own building, and Sam Darnold threw a pick six on his first attempt, and then he lit them up. And so Kyler Murray could do that, and David Johnson could have a big game. So I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, for Johnson, you're obviously starting him. For Kyler and the receivers, it's just a matter of who you're comparing him to. And so I, I'm going to take a cautious approach, uh, but I'm hopeful that he comes out and plays well. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, that Mike Daniels edition – is also pretty significant. Also, I think they like their rookie linebacker, Jelani Tavai, who they drafted in the second round. So it could be a very good run defense, but you got to start David Johnson. I'm amazed people took him fifth overall, even late in the process. I mean, I saw a draft the day before the season started. He went fifth overall. So, yeah, you're, you're starting him. Um, and then we said the wide receivers, you know, Christian Kirk. Dave, Dave has Kirk inside his top 30, barely. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right, yeah, that's fine. Detroit DST, this is weird. Eighth for Jamie, 17th for Heath, not ranked for Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm a believer in the passing game for Arizona. Okay. And Jamie, you say stream the Lions. I think they're going to sack Kyler Murray probably five or six times just based on – he still may play well, but I think they're going to hit him, and I think they're going to probably get a turnover or two. Um, you know, young quarterback in his first – you know, start against, you know, again, a, a very good defensive front. I think Darius Slay is going to take away one of the receivers. Uh, my opinion is going to be Christian Kirk. And so um, I, I could see the, the Lions defense. You, you, the, they're going to try and slow the game down as much as they can because that's what they're going to try and do to counter this uh, expected offense from the Cardinals. I think they're going to have success. I, I just buy into that defensive front. I think it's going to be really, really hard on that Cardinals offense. I think the Cardinals, mm, no, I think the Lions are going to win. Oh, I could see Arizona winning. Yeah, I almost said it, so I can see. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. Cardinals will win. Jamie? I think the Lions win. Lions, okay. All right, one last break. We got three games left. We got the Cowboys and the Giants, the Eagles and the Redskins, and the Bengals and the Seahawks. Because we have to. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And the game of the week. Cowboys hosting the Giants. Stat of the game number one, and the only one. Jason Witten has 15 touchdown catches in 30 games against the Giants. Huh? Huh? <laughs> eh? Okay. Stardom. Dude, I need Heath on the show right now to tell me why he has Dak Prescott oh. fifth. Fifth in his quarterback rankings. Whereas- I was I was so upset that Heath is not here today for our um uh, any of our shows because I was gonna say take your victory lap on David Montgomery and the fact that Mike Davis got more work, and then take your walk of shame for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, but but the but Dak, but didn't you want to ask him about Dak? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so Heath, uh, how come you have Dak fifth overall? Dave has him fifteenth, and Jamie thirteenth this week. Heath, come on, uh, Dave. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Dave does a pretty good Heath. I guess he doesn't want to do it on the show. Uh, well, you guys are not quite as optimistic. He has, yeah, he is. <laughs> He has faced the Giants in week one or two, three straight seasons at home, and he has scored 10, 18, and 16 fantasy points. And somehow, I don't really know why, the Giants were not bad against quarterbacks last year. They held Dak, Breeze, Cam, Ryan, and Wentz to 21 or fewer fantasy points. It was just weird. I'm, I'm curious to see how Mark Cooper's going to do at less than 100%. And Janoris Jenkins did a good job against them in the one meeting last year. And so just wonder if... He's going to be a great start this week. You're obviously starting him, but I don't know if he's a great start. Yeah, and well, but you would take Russell Wilson over him, over Dak, yeah, over Dak. Oh, I th- oh, you're talking about Cooper, yeah. right? Actually, the the thing I really wanted to know about this game was how both teams did against number one receivers, and they both were. You look, they they both faced very good ones. The Giants did well against Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey once, um, then guys like Devin Funches, Corey Davis. Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans had huge games. Alshon Jeffrey had a big game. Dallas was very good. They held Beckham, Michael Thomas to less than 60 yards. Um, They held Sterling Shepard to 4 for 67 without Beckham. They did okay against T.Y. Hilton. But big games to Hopkins, Julio, Evans, and Lockett. But what I'm saying is both teams have at least one very good cornerback. So I didn't know how you guys were going to feel about Cooper and Shepard this week. I don't love either one. I think you're definitely starting Cooper. And Shepard is a number three receiver that has a chance to, you know, finish in the top 24. But it's not easy situations for either guy. Okay. Would you start Matt Breida or Sterling Shepard? Shepard PPR for sure. Yeah. Probably Shepard in both situations. I I think I would too, but it's much closer in non-PPR. And those are the only tough calls, right? Barkley, Zeke for sure. What about Tony Pollard? Any interest? No. Uh, absolutely not deep leagues absolutely because you're going to probably see 10 touches um maybe chance to kill a clock because i think the cowboys are playing with the lead so what sorry i'm it's true true. um so yeah i I don't think in the fourth quarter of a game that's locked up they're going to see ezekiel out there which is why i think you know he's projections i think is spot on you know 16 carries my guess for him is probably like about 80 yards and a touchdown so you're obviously starting zeke um no matter where you you see him ranked but uh, I don't see him having a monster blow-up game. 
So here's a here's a tough one, I think. Would you start Deep League or DFS, Tony Pollard or Rashad Penny? I like Penny's matchup too, so I'd still start Penny. I would too. Okay, Dallas DST is top six, and um, Evan Ingram is a must-start. Dallas was good against tight ends, but didn't face good ones. When they did, they got beat up by Ingram twice and by Ertz one time. So that's all you need to know. And okay, moving on. Cincinnati at Seattle. So this is a... Okay, start Mixon, start Carson for sure. They're both like good or... Carson's a great start. What about Mixon? Carson's amazing, and his price is cheap in DFS. He's going to be started by everybody in uh, in DFS. Mixon, your thoughts? Excited? Um, no, not excited. Yeah, let's again, you're starting him, but yeah, but you're not. It's it's almost like the same boat as David Johnson. Gotcha. So, any interest in Geo? Yeah, I mean, you might see like, ah, oh, they're going to be trailing. Gio's going to catch a lot of passes. He caught 26 passes in 10 games with Mixon. Like, he just doesn't get work when Mixon's there. How do you feel about Tyler Boyd? I think he'll get good volume. Uh, I believe the Seahawks have a new slot corner this year. So there there could be an opportunity for him to get a 6-for-70 type of stat line. So clearly better in PPR than non you probably draft him to be your number two receiver or your priority flex. Go ahead and stick with it. Yeah, he's the only receiver you can start, though. Correct. The only one you should start. Damian Willis is not a starting guy, just a stash guy. Although, you know the dynasty league that we're in together, Jamie, and you know my team, like the receivers are but ugly. I'm starting Damian Willis. I, and it's really I mean, that's it's a, the that's, most embarrassing group of receivers you'll ever see. That's a three-receiver, two-flex league. So, yeah, it's, it's understandable you're starting in that type of format. If I were playing in a three-receiver, two-flex league, should I roll the dice on DK Metcalf? No. I would if, if I had the receiving core that I've got in this dynasty league. I wish I had DK Metcalf. Rashad Penny is around 30th. So, you, you know, it's just... It's not, it's not the worst flyer. This was arguably the worst defense and the best fantasy matchup last year, Cincinnati. And I don't really see how they've gotten any better on defense, really. Like, Agreed. They suck. Uh, Tyler Lockett, top 12 in non-PPR, top 15 in PPR. Cincinnati allowed 100 yards or a touchdown to a wide receiver in 13 of 16 games. And that's pretty much all I have to say about this. Uh, Will Disley. So, yeah, the, the I, I gave it the stat earlier. They allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends, and there were 10 touch 10 tight ends that caught a touchdown with five or fewer targets against Seattle. So I guess give me some guys that you would start Disley over. Uh, Hooper, Rudolph. Uh, I would have said Jimmy. I did say Jimmy Graham. Uh, that one may prove foolish. Uh, I just think that, you know, given the, uh, the, the targets available to Russell Wilson and given the matchup, it's a good situation for him. Like, yeah, I don't know how uh-huh. much Metcalf's going to play. I, I like the fact that he's healthy, but he's going to be out there for right. 50% of the snaps. Right. 100% of the snaps. You know, I, I just don't know. Uh, but Who's a better flyer, Tyler Eifert or Will Disley? Disley. Yeah, I'll take Disley. Washington at Philadelphia, our last game. Stat of the game. Geno's considers provolone or American cheese more authentic, but on Pat's introduction of Cheese Whiz, it quickly became a topping of choice. That is from blog.bitescourt.com. Okay, now you know everything about cheese steaks. Um, hmm. So where do we go here? We talked about Darius Geis. Geis or Penny? Geis. Geis. Geis or Sanders? I'll go Sanders. 
Yeah, I'll take Sanders too. Who are you excited about in this game other than Zach Ertz and Wentz? Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah, let's fire. talk about him. Yeah. Revenge game. Good opportunity. I think his speed is going to be tough for the Redskins secondary to cover. It's the revenge game. You know how he is in revenge games sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I, I think Philadelphia is going to try and show him off a little bit. This is an area of their offense that they wanted to improve on. And I'm almost certain he'll get at least two or three deep targets in the game. Would you start Chris Thompson over Miles Sanders? It would have to be PPR. PPR, yes. Yeah, that's not hard in PPR. I don't know about that. I mean, Sanders could could get featured a little bit. I Look, I, we saw what happened with David Montgomery yesterday, so I that's think... That's exactly where I was going. Right, go. I think you got to pull... Okay, okay, fair enough. And Take a, be patient, they, be patient. The, the Washington defensive line, you know, could be good. good. I was just reading on ESPN this, this morning... Um, they have Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen they're excited about on their line. And this was what the story on ESPN.com noted. In the first nine games last season, before quarterback Alex Smith was injured, the Redskins were 6-3 and three, thanks to a defense that was fourth in points allowed. The unit was tied for first in the NFL, having allowed only 17 points off turnovers. Here's why. The Redskins turned the ball over only seven times in those games. During that stretch, their opponents had the third-worst starting field position. So that's interesting. I mean, that was with Alex Smith. The defense played well. I guess they started turning the ball over. The field position was worse. The defense got worse. It's uh, just kind of cool. All right, and then if Jordan Reed plays, do you like him? If Alshon Jeffrey plays, do you like him? I mean, Reed, yes. Uh, Low-end starter. Alshon, Alshon would be a third receiver. Yep. Reed or Waller. He's going to play. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know why you're not. You just, the injury is bugging you out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm Bumming joking when I said a zero before, but I, I, I think, look, you're, you're, he, he is what he is. You know, if he gets seven plus targets, he'll be fine. If he doesn't, which is, I think, going to be more along the lines of the norm, given all the mouths they have to feed in this offense. So I think he's going to be one of those touchdown or bust type of guys. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to have an Allen Robinson game where he's getting 12 yeah. targets and goes seven for 100. Well, here's what Jeffrey did in two games against the Redskins three for 31 and five for 59 and a touchdown. I mean, he's going to see Josh Norman, so it's not going to be easy. They don't typically travel Norman. But they don't move Jeffrey. Well, he plays the left side, right side. He's an outside perimeter receiver. They did, you know, they gave up, the Redskins gave up a lot of touchdowns to number one <clears throat> receivers like Hilton and Adams and not Michael Thomas. Um, Mike Evans, no, not Mike Evans. Julio Jones, they faced some very good ones. Amari Cooper, but they actually did pretty good from a yard standpoint. Um, they held Adams, Evans, Hopkins, and Alshon twice to less than 60 receiving yards. And uh, that's that's all I got, folks. Enjoy week one, man. What about uh, you don't want to do a um, Titans kicker update? Oh, no. I, I forgot. All right, got to go bye. Bye. I meant to leave the show with that. Okay, we'll talk to you on HQ. We got you, we got the mailbag. We got the radio show. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-